0: Hello, everybody. My name is Anthony and welcome to my season two premiere of Spade the Podcast. And I've got some very special people here. And before I introduce them to y'all, this is completely live. So my first ever live podcast. Um, This will actually be recorded. The audio is actually being recorded right now. And What I'm going to do is I'm going to use this recorded audio, and I will use that for uh, when I release the episode for next week, so y'all can um, see it or download it when I release it on Wednesday, and that would be, I think that's the ninth, I think. But anyway, welcome, everybody. I have on the line, I've got Chavis, I've got Travis. I've got Pebbles, and I've got my father, Paul Sr. So, hey everybody, what's up, what's up? (laughs) What's up? How's it going? Good, Good. I'm glad y'all are able to make it, and um, y'all were able to be on for my season two premiere. Um, My season one went very well, so I'm really excited about that. So, I actually wanted to do this topic for season two, Uh, Starting off with COVID-19 because this is a very serious topic and it's very um, heavy at the moment. But before we get started, I'm going to go ahead and introduce you guys. We can start off with uh, Travis. Travis, what's up? Tell everybody who you are.
1: (laughs) Well, you just did. (laughs) What's going on, Ed? I'm Travis Jones and I live in the DMV. In Maryland. I work in D.C. I work for the um, school system. I'm a dean of students, uh, dean of climate and culture, and so I'm working um, in the school system, and I've lived here for about uh, seven and a half years, originally from South Carolina. have a great heart and passion for, for people, for students, um, education, music, uh, ministry is a, a passion of mine as well, so I am honored to be a part of of the podcast tonight so thank you for having me
0: no problem thank you for coming back and next i have my father on who i'm glad i finally got to get on because i had my mom on i had my sister on and i got my dad on so what's up dad how are you tell tell everybody who you are
2: <laughs> uh hello everyone uh sorry the video's not working uh a little challenged in that area but, uh as Anthony was saying I'm his dad uh, I've been in uh, retired from the military up 24 years I retired about uh, oh in 2002 spent uh, 10 years as a contractor after that and then another 10 years uh, uh, as uh, working in the uh, uh, commercial community as cybersecurity
0: all right. Well, thank Good you,
2: Dad. Much. Glad to be on.
0: Thank you, Dad. Thank you so much for joining. I really appreciate you finally being on. <laughs> so next up, I got Pebbles Grayson, my cousin. What's going on?
3: <laughs> Nothing much. Just over here living life, you know, enjoying to enjoying being on the podcast again. I appreciate the invite.
0: No problem. So, but,
3: um. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. So my name is Pebbles Grayson. Um, I'm a speech-language pathologist. <clears throat> I work in an inpatient rehabilitation hospital. Um, mm. I work with adults, um, just trying to improve their quality of life in the areas of, like, speech, language, cognition, communication, and swallowing.
0: All right. Well, welcome back. Glad to have you on with my opening. Uh, season two premiere. Okay. And, uh, finally, I have my boy Chavis. What's up? How you doing?
4: <laughs> How's it going? I'm glad to be back. This is my third time on the podcast and uh, right, <laughs> it's a great experience. I'm a native of Spartanburg. Uh, that's where we met in high school um, and really interested in, in notions of social justice, thinking about um, issues of civil rights and human rights. Uh and and that's the sphere that I find myself in now. Graduated from law school earlier this year. I studied religion and philosophy prior to that. uh, I really love thinking about how to make society more just and equitable for folks.
0: All right. Well, welcome, welcome, Chavis. I'm glad to have you back. So we are actually gonna go ahead and get started. Um I want to go ahead and ask you guys uh, this first question. Um, so how are you guys actually coping with, um, COVID-19 during this, uh, holiday season? Because I know it was actually kind of strange with this whole Thanksgiving, um, kind of social distancing per se. Um, and I know, um, I was looking at the news that a lot of people were trying to do the rapid test so they can go and visit their families and everything like that. And me personally, I wasn't trying to do that. I was trying to just keep it in my household, which is what I did. Me and my stepfather, we, um, had Thanksgiving together, um, just trying to limit the amount of contact that we've had because, you know, COVID-19 it's, it's no joke out there. So how are you guys feeling? What what do y'all thinking about this this holiday season. Um, can I jump in? Yeah, you can go ahead and jump in.
3: Okay, so I'm honestly grateful that I'm back in Spartanburg.
5: Mm.
3: Um, I was living in Texas for about two years, right? Two and a half years. Right. I don't have family out there. So I feel like had I been in Texas during this pandemic,
5: mm.
3: it would have taken a toll on me, definitely. Mm-hmm. So being that I'm I'm able to be home, I do see my family. Of course, when I go over there, mm-hmm. when I see my parents or like my grandfather, mm-hmm. I make sure I'm masked up simply because with my job, I do work around or work with people and patients that have COVID, you right. know. Um, what was I about to say? Oh, Thanksgiving was different. Um, it was like maybe five of us. I know um, the CDC was, I think, recommending less than eight people. Mm-hmm. Um, we social distanced the best that we could in my house. But even though it was different, I was still grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to take what you can get right now and just try to be, really just try to be the safest um, that you can. Of course, I'm I'm worried about myself. I'm concerned about myself, mm-hmm. being that I do. Work with people who have COVID, but it's like I'm more concerned about, you know, exposing it to other vulnerable family members. You know, so right, right, yeah, it's just hard right now. I feel like it's everybody's um, mental health is it's definitely taking a toll on it.
0: Exactly, I, I agree. I couldn't agree more. Um, what do you thoughts?
4: Yeah, I think we've had to be especially intentional in this season especially mm-hmm. those of us who have older family members uh, to ensure that we're not exposing them to the coronavirus. Um, and so I, I've noticed that this holiday season has been really unique. And I think it's when we're all remember because of the size of it. Because people didn't gather, hopefully didn't gather in large numbers, as several alluded to. Um, right. But it was cool. You know, my, my grandmother spent most of the holiday by herself. My brother and I went and we, um, at the latter half of Thanksgiving, we spent the day with just her and it, it kind of lit up her, her day. She's been very intentional and precautious uh, about being in, in mixed crowds and in spaces that are, are large in terms of gathering. So it's, it's been a really good um, holiday season, uh, but it's, it's been a very different one. It's been a very different one. And because I no longer live in Spartanburg, I live kind of uh, in the DMV area. I have noticed like a lot of people here don't wear masks. Uh, <laughs> and uh, in, in both of the Carolinas, I mean, in North and South Carolina over this holiday break. And folks, aren't all observing, uh, the, the guidelines that we've been given. So it's, it's been a, it's been a unique holiday season.
0: Yeah. Travis, what you?
1: I think it has taken a toll effect, um, on everyone in terms of mental health and in terms of family, just like, uh, the other guest panelists were saying. Um, I think that on a more positive side or a brighter side is that it's, Making people cleave to family more. Mm-hmm. Um, COVID nineteen has caused people to really look forward, you know, to the time that we're spending with family, and we're holding holidays near and dear to our hearts. Um, the misfortune is that some people are living far away from their families. I would be one of those people. Um, so, like Pebbles, um, living out in Texas, I am living away from most all of my family about nine hours away being in the DMV and everyone else's, you know, South Carolina and the Carolinas. So with that being said, it's, it's difficult in that way. Um, so you have to be a lot more thoughtful about planning and expenses and budgeting. And I think that people have to take a closer look at that. Um, not only you know mental health, but also financial management um, and also looking at, um, how much time, um, it takes to actually plan and prepare. Uh, but I think that in terms of, uh, Christmas, I think that it will be all the more endearing because of what we're going through. And so, right. you know, how you we're know, intended to be special times, you know, momentous times, and, you know, sometimes family in times like this is what we need. And, all we feel like we have, um, whereas some of the day-to-day things that we're not able to do, um, you know, with the pandemic, you know, being in the middle of it, you know, family is uh, a very sentimental part of our lives. So when we think about holidays, that's, that's what holidays mean to us. And I, I think that people are just cleaving to them all the more because of it.
0: Right. Right. Um, dad, what about you? Dad, you on? Dad is muted.
4: While we're getting him to jump in, I'll just I'll just say that um, in terms of the holiday season, looking at New Year's, I think that holiday will have more special meaning than perhaps it's ever had for any of us. Like getting to a new year, getting over twenty twenty, Yes, be a a great day of excitement for a lot of us. So I think it's gonna have special meaning, you know, right? uh, Um, it'll be a unique time,
0: right? Do y'all think? uh, As still trying to get my dad to unmute. Um, do y'all think Christmas is going to have um, spikes within the cases with COVID? Because I was looking at the news, and they said that it was like a whole bunch of, it was like a, a big surge that happened with the um, cases that went on. And I saw that it was a good bit of people that had like a large, um, large gatherings. and. Um, do you think that people will um, socially distance within Christmas or do you think it's going to be the same thing of where people are going to be, I guess you can say somewhat rebellious and going to have the mindset of I'm just going to go and visit my family? And the reason why I say some people may have that mindset is because some people think that, for example, the older generation, that this may actually be their last uh, Christmas, sort of speak. So they want to do everything in their power to see them um, for Christmas or for the holidays. So, is it worth it to, you know, go see your the older your older family members? Potentially, that may be your last holiday with them or to stay away, you know, and doing what is right? What do y'all think?
1: I think that people have gotten lax. Um, We've become a little more comfortable than perhaps we should be um, Mm -hmm. in terms of our environments, work environment, shopping environment, you know. I think we become accustomed to our own personal life silos, and so because we're accustomed to our, you know, schedules, our routines, our geographical locations, we just become comfortable with. Oh, okay, well, you know, this is my day to day, my routine. So as long as I'm within those ramifications, then I'm okay and I'm safe. I think it's really important that uh, people are mindful that you know this virus, this disease, COVID nineteen, is something that we can't see. Mm-hmm. So, and regardless of, you know, whether we're masked up, it's still, you know, in the germs, we have to still make sure that we're washing hands and sanitizing. And I think that as far as traveling, we have to be even more cautious, especially when we're considering, you know, going into the airport, you know, and going into places where there is, you know, high traffic and higher numbers of people. Um, I think that in terms of, you know, the scare of losing loved ones, it's a real thing. So, I think we still need to continue to be mindful and and sensible and use wisdom um and making sure that we're abiding by those uh regulations mm-hmm. so that we can preserve our lives.
2: Agreed. Agreed. Hey, hey guys, I'm ba- I'm back on. Uh I I uh, had a little trouble trying to figure out the double mute I got going on. Sorry <laughs> about that and You're And good. I'm on the road too so <laughs> trying to keep the noise down but going back to the first question I was trying to answer but I, I got stuck on the mute
5: mm-hmm. but
2: it's a little bit different in in my environment mm-hmm. uh because I I you know I your brothers and sisters are still at home with me right I have my wife right uh Mary is not too far from us so mm-hmm. we have a little bubble that we're we're all inside of
5: Right. So it's a little
2: bit a little bit different for the holidays for us. Mm-hmm. Now as far as our extended family, you know, Lisa's family is up in the DC Del Mar area. Uh, you know, my my extended family, brothers and sisters are out in Texas.
5: Mm-hmm. So
2: as far as trying to get to see them, uh it's it's probably gonna be very difficult, if not impossible, because of the environment that we're in. Uh, we don't we don't plan to travel right but of course uh you know uh our our extended family they're a little bit older than i am mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. if there if something should happen where we do have to travel
5: mm-hmm. then that,
2: that's gonna be a little bit difficult on us but uh you know we will we'll get through that
5: right
2: but definitely in in i'm 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 not working outside the house Mm -hmm. my wife goes to work every day Mm -hmm. you know we continually every time we leave the house going to public places we are always masked up Mm -hmm. uh no issues with that uh so uh, we, we still try to limit our uh going outside especially like like uh antoine antoine has really not left the house at all. See, so he he's he's definitely on the poor side of uh, uh, staring away from COVID. Right, right. Uh, I'm I'm in and out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Logan is in and out a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, we we just try to keep uh, as much social distancing and. And uh, masking up every time we're out. So Right. But uh, as far as visiting anybody for the holidays, unless it's an emergency, I don't think that's gonna happen. Yeah. It's just gonna be in a bubble.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Cause my my intentions was if if covet was not happening at this moment, was I was going to visit um, my father for thanksgiving but uh well this past thanksgiving but it was it was going to be no way that i could even attempt to do that right now or even attempt to visit anybody for any type of holiday right now especially with these cases that's it's just surging at the moment why do you think people are in and, and why do you think people are literally still not wearing the mask because I just, I saw literally on the news, they had this rally. And I want to say this was in i um, C D- I don't know if it was in D C D- D- or Virginia, but it was on the news and there was this rally. No, New York. It was in New York. Um, it was a small business and they were having a rally And the business owner, he got arrested um, because he didn't have a mask and his uh, uh, supporters, they didn't have a mask or whatever because he was standing on top of his truck. And he was saying, you know, um, this is my right and you guys are not going to tell me what to do with the mask and everything like that. And so they were I think they were shouting no more mask or something like that. And it was like, I want to say about 200 of them in that little protest and they were all just like bunched up, no mask at all. So my question is why do you think is this happening? And will people, what will it take for people to finally for it to click for people to actually wear a mask and for to social distance? What do y'all think?
4: Yeah, I think there are a host of reasons why folks aren't wearing masks, and I can just highlight a few. Um, the first thing that the people, you, <laughs> the first thing that the people, um, they have pandem- pandemic fatigue. So they've gotten to a point within the pandemic that um, they're tired of being in their homes. They're tired of doing all of the, uh, the social distancing and wearing masks and washing their hands and, and doing all the work. So that's the most innocuous of them. So, you know, even though that's, um, that's not ill intention. We know it could be potentially harmful. The other is we have leaders in our country who have emboldened people uh, mm-hmm. from the highest level to not wear masks. Mm-hmm. Um, for whatever reason, to tell people that this is this pandemic is, is not of the proportions that the media, that the media would uh, have us believe. Um, and so that's that's another bucket of folks who we may not be able to affect. And um, and, and lastly, you have the folks who just have not been doing the research and, and have been buying into conspiracy theories and the like, and really don't believe the gravity of all this. And I think to answer your final question about what it'll take, I think it's gonna take for some folks to have family members uh, mm-hmm. to get sick or themselves to get sick, uh, mm-hmm. or others to succumb to the virus for them to actually finally get it and say, you know what, I have to like take the thing seriously. I think I've seen that um, through proxy, through friends, through new people, who didn't take it seriously, but they got it, or a cousin got it, or a sister, or a mother, or father got it, and they finally had something click in their minds. But when you have people in the highest offices in the land who prance around not wearing masks, and you have half of the country who literally cling to their every word, I think that kind of leads us to this perfect storm that we have where people aren't willing to wear mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. You, we got uh, really three main reasons why. One is our leadership, uh, of of our country has created an environment where he feels like, uh, it's not necessary for him to wear a mask.
5: Mm -hmm. He's
2: pushing on his supporters. You know, you don't need to wear a mask. This is, this is just like the flu, so to speak.
5: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm.
2: you have those followers. Then you have the, 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 uh, uh, the group of folks who believe that, uh, uh, the pandemic is just something that's being made up,
5: uh-huh.
2: right? And, and these are the folks that uh, really don't believe S don't stink until it hits them in the face. Uh-huh. So it, with with those group of folks, you know, you just, it, there's really nothing you can do other than protect yourself. Uh, there's been numerous stories in the news and in the newspapers, magazines, where the person is lying in the in the hospital and they're saying, well, I didn't believe COVID was real, but now it's hit me and now I know it's for real. But how many people did you affect mm. before it hit you in the face, right? So those group of people, it, it, you just it, it's really nothing you can do with them. And then you have the final group, which are the people that are just COVID fatigued. Mm -hmm. They're just tired. You know, we've been at this for a good uh, eight, nine months. Mm
5: -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm.
2: People are tired of wearing masks. Uh, They'll say, oh, you know, just one time where it won't hurt. Mm -hmm. You know, why do I have to wash my hands every time? You know, yeah, I know this guy. You know, I don't really need the social distance from him. But it's that one time you drop your guard. It may be your last time you're going to drop your guard. So uh, my I, I believe in the science, right? Uh, CDC is my favorite website. Uh, just go there for your information. I'm not saying they're 100% correct all the time, but that's the best information I know that is coming out that supposedly is true.
0: Right. Agreed. I was listening to the news and piggyback off what you said, dad, about some people saying that, you know, um, all it takes is it's that one time there was this, it's a nurse. Um, she's a, uh, healthcare worker. She was at, uh, she worked for some hospital and this is, I think also, um, this is actually in Virginia and she was uh she ended up contracting um getting the uh, the disease, and she said uh her and her mom they had both been practicing you know social distancing and whatnot, but her mom didn't do it one time, and that one time her mom got infected her mm-hmm. mom was older um she was in that sixty five to seventy bracket got it." Ended up passing, and mm-hmm. now that nurse um, is currently on. Uh, she's not on a ventilator, um, but she's she's in uh, ICU. It. you, and she she said all it took was just that one time, and um, she said her life is 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 changed now because her mom is gone. So I think into y'all's credit, y'all's points it. We have to just, I know it's it's frustrating, but we just have to keep doing what is required, which is to wear that mask, social distance, and we just got to wait and see what's going to happen.
3: Can I add to that?
0: Yes, yes. Thank you.
3: Good. Okay, so to piggyback on what everybody was saying, I do feel like it comes from the top, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we have a president that from the beginning, he made it very political. He made it seem like it was a hoax. You don't have to worry about anything. And then he got it. Mm -hmm. Okay. He got it. Mm -hmm. Now people look at it like, or his supporters, many of his supporters I've read or I've seen, they feel like he got it. It's okay. He lived through it as if they're going to receive the same medical care and treatment as the president when they're not. Okay, so it's that and there are many people that truly feel like they want to catch it so they can just be done with it as if they can't catch it again. It's like, oh, I want to get it, build my immune system up as if they can live through it. Because as you can see, many people have not. So it's just like that on top of people are tired. It's going on this December and I don't feel like any of us would have thought it would have lasted this long. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I get you're tired, but like, what do you value most Mm -hmm. over life? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's more important than you like living? A holiday? Right. Right. So, um, yeah. That's how I feel about
1: it. I agree. And I I think that, can we talk a little bit about this whole social distancing thing? Because of course, it's become a coin phrase. Mm
6: -hmm. Everybody's
1: social distancing. But I believe that people are becoming... Uh, comfortable with the the phrase and not appropriately social distancing.
5: Mm -hmm.
1: Although we have become accustomed to, you know, our four or five people or our six or seven, you know, people for a gathering, we still need to not be so comfortable with not wearing masks, you know, Mm -hmm. not, you know, washing and sanitizing. Mm -hmm. Uh, That whole social distancing piece has become really tricky and I think we've become way too comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. And I also wanted to uplift the thought of um, going back to what pebble said about um, catching the virus so I can be done with it. The thing about being tested is you also can get tested and you know test negative, mm-hmm. but that doesn't secure you, you know, to be well moving forward. You can be right. negative today and by the end of the day, you can be positive. So mm-hmm. I just, I think it's so important for us to you know, continue to be educated and continue to be knowledgeable and understand that this virus is still out there, it's still continual. It is on an uprise uh, and, and the numbers have surged and we really need to be you know alert and, and use wisdom.
0: Right, right, right,
4: okay. Going back to one thing that your dad said,
1: mm-hmm.
4: um, but that one time where you have your, your guard down could be your last time.
5: Mm-hmm. And I
4: really don't think people understand that. And that's something we have to stress to ourselves. I have to remind myself of that day that the one time I have my guard down could be my last time walking out into the world. And so we have to do our best to, to do all three of those things they, they uh, tell us to do with three W's. Watch your hands. Watch your distance and then wear your mask. And if you do all three of those, you should be good uh, for the most part. Um, but we're fighting an invisible enemy, like Travis said. And When you're dealing with something like this, we kind of have to do as much as we can for as long as we can to ensure our own safety and that of those around us. So people got to get it. Like, this is this is a yeah. unique time. This has never been seen in American history. Um, but you don't want to be the person who didn't get it and who's no longer here as a result of it. So, right.
0: Um, important point. Right, because, okay, so I was... Uh, this was on the, was it the Ellen show? No, the talk. So there was an actress. Oh gosh, I cannot remember her name. She's it's actually she's actually in a lifetime movie that's about to come out. Um, but anyway, she was saying that she got um, COVID, diagnosed with COVID uh, a few months ago. And she said, even till this day, she's suffering from the effects of it. She's, yeah. um, she said the effects is that she has not completely regained her taste buds back. Like um, she said 75% um, she has of her taste is back, but the other 25% is not. And she said that she has memory loss. So she said one minute she could, everything is fine. Next minute she doesn't know who you are and doesn't know exactly like, what your name is? Why am I here? And then it'll flip back to normal. Wow. So, and I think again, we all don't take it doesn't register to us that okay, if we get um, diagnosed with COVID, the effects of it. Because yes, there there are those that you know once they get it, they live through it, but you don't know the long-term effects of it because everybody's bodies react different. So, yes, they could be fine and they could you know, not have um, rendering effects. However, you, on the other hand, your life could be messed up. Um, you could have breathing issues for the rest of your life. You could, like if you, God forbid, if you're a singer or whatever and you get it, and next thing you know, you can't sing like you used to because your your lungs are not, they can't operate on that level anymore because of that respiratory issue. Just because you let that guard down, just because you didn't go out and you didn't have that mask. So I really do, I really want to stress to everybody to they've got to wear this mask because um, me personally... I see that this is going to happen. We're going to live through this for another two years. I know people don't want to believe that. I know people want to say, okay, the vaccine is coming. You know, things are going to go back to normal next year. I don't see it like that. I honestly don't see it like that. Not at all. Honestly don't. I think the mass thing, I think that is here to stay for a while um, and I think that's just something that we all just have to get used to. And I think it's something that we all need to start doing, taking seriously, even more seriously, especially around family members,
1: you know. but I have a good friend, Anthony, that um, suggested that masks will perhaps, uh, in theory, never go away it will become etched into our culture. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone won't opt to wear them, but because we have been so jarred and affected by coronavirus Mm -hmm. that when people are going into public places and forums and athletic venues and just different atmospheres, uh, it will become a cultural norm that people will choose to to want to wear a Mm -hmm. mask their own safety and own protection. And I can definitely see that being a thing, even far b- beyond, you know, the dissimulation or it settling down and not being such a big scare to Americans.
0: Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so um, I got a question for you guys. Um, with the the talks of the vaccines, because there are several vaccines that are out, um I was on the c d c and I think it's a, they said it was five vaccines that are um past the phase three I believe, so with all the talks of the vaccines, what are your thoughts, and will you be taking the vaccine if given the opportunity
2: yeah let me let me chime in on that that the the vaccine okay, so mm-hmm. just so everybody's clear. Mm-hmm. And and there's a lot of disinformation going on about the vaccine,
5: mm-hmm.
2: right? None of the vaccines will introduce COVID-19 into your system, right? There's a lot of folks saying, "Well, I don't want to take the vaccine because they're just going to inject it into me just for me to see if I'm a guinea pig, whether I live or die."
5: Mm-hmm. That's
2: not what the vaccine is doing.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: The vaccine is, is actually creating, it stimulates your body to create uh, antibodies.
5: Mm.
2: It tricks the body into thinking it has COVID, so the antibodies can be generated to fight the new virus,
5: mm.
2: right? So it, it's a little bit of misnomer, right? Mm. A lot of folks are, are tied up on that. If If given a chance, I'm not taking it. I don't care what science says. Mm-hmm. Right, but it's a little bit, little bit different from when you take the flu vaccine. The flu vaccine, you're actually getting a part of the flu right. to fight the virus. Right. The Help vaccines that Help are now, um, the vaccines that are coming out now for COVID, uh-huh. that's not mm-hmm. the way they work. Right, and I, I, I definitely look. I'm a hundred percent fact checked. Right. Mm-hmm. Go to the CDC. Go to your fact check website, and mm-hmm. you look this information up because don't just believe me. Mm-hmm. Definitely don't just believe me. Do mm-hmm. your fact check.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Right, you you got to get out there and do your research and find out exactly what these vaccines are.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Right, and mm-hmm. what their what their intention is. Right, and a lot of folks are saying, "Well, uh, okay." Number 45 got it. He went into the hospital, came out less than a week later looking like Superman. Don't believe the hype. Right? That's all I can say. I was in the military for a very long time. There are certain things that go on in the military that are not released to the public. Mm -hmm. And it's for national security reasons. Now, if you're the head of state of our country, you can bet that the hospital care that you're receiving is totally different from anybody Joe Blow out there in the U.S. So don't think that he got the so-called cure and they're just waiting to give it to the rest of the folks. That's not what's happening.
5: Right, right.
2: His, doc- his doctors are are there because he is the head of state his hospital staff. All those folks are very knowledgeable and they tried some stuff on, on him that will never be released to the public within the next six, seven months.
5: Mm-hmm. So
2: just, just be aware of that. I do believe that the vaccines will help, right? Mm-hmm. I, I can't tell people to take the vaccine, not take the vaccine. That's a personal choice, but I would say do your research. Find out what that vaccine does. All of them have side effects, Mm -hmm. right? So, uh, you know, just because you feel sick doesn't necessarily mean that you were injected with some experimental stuff that they're just trying to use you as a guinea pig for. Fact check. Fact check. Get yeah, I out I agree do with
4: your that. Research. I agree with that. Do your do your research on it. Uh, go for, to the Centers for Disease Control. Do that research. Listen to healthcare authorities like Dr. Anthony Fauci, folks that you trust, and make a determination for yourself. Um, and I think that's what all of us are on this call are going to be doing over the next several months, as the research comes out, as the rates, um, the, the efficiency rates come out. Uh, Right now, some of them are in excess of 95%, uh, but many of us will make our own determinations about when, at what point we're willing to take it. Is it 99%? Is it 100%? Will people take it at all? And so I think people will make different determinations about that. But most importantly, do your own research and figure out for yourself if that's something that you want to do.
2: Right, right. Just just to jump back in there, I, I heard you just say 95%. Well, just think of it this way. 95% is extremely high. Uh The flu vaccines you take every single year, if you take flu vaccines, are rated anywhere between 40 and 60% success. So now we have a vaccine that's 95%. A lot of folks say, well, that's true or maybe not true. But just remember this, right? The flu vaccine has been around for ages. Each year, they changes, different strands, they're only rated at forty to sixty percent success. So just a little tidbit of information there. Like I said, do your research uh, and and just make your decisions the the best way you can.
1: I think that's very sound advice, Dad Henderson. Thank you for that, and and I'm in agreement. I'm in agreement, but I also want to take one for the team because you know I'm in school system and talking to family and friends and even mm-hmm. in social media, we have tons of discussions you know, mm-hmm. leading up to, we know that this uh, vaccine is coming. And mm-hmm. you know, just getting a pulse and a feel for what the people are saying, I'll be the voice for the people. If you ask the question, are you taking that vaccine? The answer is no, absolutely not. And why not? Because I don't trust. I don't trust the alignment in terms of CDC versus leadership. You know, alongside you know government, rule, reign, presidency, etc. So I'm mm-hmm. not trusting it because I've taken the flu shot and I got sick, um, and I just don't trust it. So mm-hmm. I would say personally to that doing research is very important it's paramount and also i would like to attest it to uh that of a new product you know there are kinks that have to be worked out in terms of new products new medicines etc you have the the testing phase and you have people out there that are saying i'm not being anybody's lab rat not me i'll wait till the second or third go round." so Mm -hmm. i I wanted to voice that because that is a reality. You know, you even think about cell phones. The first round of cell phones a lot of times are trash. So I'll just wait until, you know, six months until they work out all the kinks. And that's how people feel about vaccines.
0: Right.
3: Right.
0: I got a question for you guys. On the news, they said, and I think it was today, they said that today was the worst Um Day in American history in regards to the the cases with the coronavirus and everything like that, with um, people uh, um, being diagnosed with it, and then it's um, record breaking deaths and stuff today. But do you think that those facts are actually facts, and they're pushing those numbers so people can? Um, be more enticed to get the vaccine? Because every time they mention those numbers, then they'll switch to, um, well, the, the vaccines are um, will be here really soon. And, and do you think there's a manipulation going on to where they are going to try and sway the uh, public to go ahead and get the vaccine? Using, I guess you can say, a scare tactic.
2: Well, I, I'll tell you this, and, and somebody <laughs> cut me off if I'm talking <laughs> too much. But <laughs> I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, right? Mm-hmm. I've, I've heard all the scare tactic, um, so-called rumors and stuff like that.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: What you need to do
5: mm-hmm.
2: is go down to your local hospital,
5: mm-hmm.
2: check out the COVID ward. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna get in it. But go down there and find out how many people are in that hospital that mm-hmm. are being treated by COVID.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? So you you don't have to believe the numbers mm-hmm. that you see on TV. Mm-hmm. Check it out for yourself. Like I said, I'm I'm a big fan of doing the research.
5: Mm-hmm. If you
2: go down, especially in the in the D C Maryland area,
5: mm-hmm.
2: plenty of hospitals. Very large hospitals, just especially at your age. It, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit older than you guys. Don't don't profess to be more knowledgeable. But uh, for young individuals, uh, the hospital staff would be a little bit more responsive to you than they would to a person of my age because, number one, they're going to say, hey, look, you're in the danger zone anyway. You need to get out of here. So if you go down there and you and you do your research and you, you just ask, you know, hey, look, I'm doing some research for schoolwork, you know, doing a report, just want to know, how many patients do you have in here? Just a general number of COVID that are being treated on a daily basis. And I, I think that would answer the question on whether or not this is real or not real. Because, of course, the media is always going to show you what is the hottest story.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: We know this.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: right? Mm-hmm. They got ratings they got to keep up with. Mm-hmm. But the only thing I can do is, is advise everybody, just do your research. Mm-hmm. Go down there. Take a, take a look. You know, ask some questions. You know, and, and just be upfront with them. Right, right. You know, just say, hey, I'm, I want to know what's going on.
4: Yeah, I'll, I'll say I'm not an epidemiologist or a healthcare professional. And so
2: mm-hmm.
4: when I see these numbers coming from, uh, you know, journalists that I trust and media outlets that I trust, I tend to believe them.
5: Mm-hmm. And
4: uh, primarily because I'm not willing to take the gamble or to take the risk that mm-hmm. I'm wrong. And my uh, the purview of my knowledge is, is not in science. And so I'm willing to trust those who went to school for this, mm-hmm. who have done this work. And then I'm willing to trust the journalistic integrity of those who are on media outlets that I also trust. And so um, for, my, for myself and for my family's sake, I'm going to trust that. I'm going to live with it. If the numbers are on the, on the spike, it makes sense, particularly right now, following Thanksgiving, because mm-hmm. it's the perfect storm mm-hmm. uh, to have people traveling from all over the country and then going, uh, gathering in these huge, um, I hope they weren't huge, but gathering in these, in these huge uh, Thanksgiving gatherings. Right. And then going back to their respective homes mm-hmm. like it create the perfect storm for an uptick. And so I think that's what we're seeing. Um, and it makes sense at this particular moment. And we make similar things at Christmas as you alluded to earlier and at New Year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's on each of us to do our research as reiterated reiterated throughout this conversation and to ensure that we're not like living with our heads underneath a rock.
5: We're right. not
4: acknowledging the reality of what's taking place around us. This is a pandemic that has killed nearly 270,000 people on American soil. That's like a war. And we're not talking about on, on, on a global scale, but we've had 13 plus million people infected with it in this country. And we're on a global scale. Millions have been killed. Mm-hmm. Millions. We've had world wars that had, <laughs> had numbers comparable to this. And yeah. so I think once you internalize that and, and sense the gravity of it, it, it affects the way uh, that you begin to, to view this thing. So um, from that perspective, I'm willing to trust the professionals. Sure,
0: Travis, what you think?
1: I think there are different levels of professionalism and different types of professionals.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: So trusting people who are degreed um, in terms of um, numbers, in terms of, Um, The deaths um, that they're seeing the tolls that they're seeing the medical health professionals um, Listening to them, you know keying into the information that they're sharing Opposed to some of the information that maybe anchors are sharing sometimes. It's just good to put the expertise with the professional Mm -hmm. Um, So that makes me feel more comfortable to hear those professionals speak to it on those media platforms. So I do agree with Chavis, but I'm looking intently for those people that I know that are the bookkeepers of yeah. these numbers and these records and the coronavirus, uh, you know, uprise and the deaths that it has taken.
0: So i uh, gonna go ahead and um, kind of close this thing out. So one final question, because um, this is, I know, again, like we said earlier, it's really taking a toll on people's uh, mental health. And so that's what this, um, you know, my podcast is basically about, is preserving your mental health. So what are your suggestions um, for people to help them, again, cope with this um, pandemic? Because if this lasts, I say, another year or five years of whatever, and some people are on the verge right now that they can't take it, what would you do or what would you say to them as, as words of wisdom right now for those that are uh, in a stressful uh, state of mind?
4: I think over the last couple I, of years, I, say, I mean. Go ahead.
2: Go I'm ahead. sorry. It's you. No, you're good. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I'm just gonna make mine really quick, right? I, I'd say use your technology, right? Family is is job one right now.
6: Mm. So,
2: if you got a Zoom to talk to your family, if you got to pick up the phone, if you if you got a you know Messenger, Facebook, keep in touch, right? Mm. We know we can't be there physically,
5: mm.
2: but you might want to use that technology that we have right now and and keep. Keep your mental state in in a good repair you know talk talk to your family, talk to your uh your aunts, uncles, grandparents, brothers, sisters, what have you, all your relatives uh you know a, a lot of people are challenged with these the zoom uh activity, but surely somebody can help them out to get connected that way, right, right. Yeah, I was going to say that over the last
4: several years, I mean, a buzzword has become self care. And so we've seen all over social media um, that people were trying to to invest in in some type of self care uh, in their lives. And I think this is a moment where you don't know what self care looks like for you, but you need to be figuring that out. Mm -hmm. If you have not uh, figured out what are the things that are life giving to you, um, it's a good time, whether that's exercise, whether that's engaging with friends via you know, the technologies that your dad alluded to, um, or counseling. And I, I stress this for, for the African-American community because we know that the numbers are so low in terms of those who uh, resort to counseling. If you need counseling, seek it out. And there, there are ways that you can do that virtually at this point. And so as we say, there's, there's death happening all around us. We have death as proportions of war. Um, and with all that happening, with all the celebrity deaths that we've seen, with all the racial violence that we've seen all around us, with the political upheavals and transitions that have not yet taken place, this weighs on you in a way that you're not always aware of. And I think this is the time in your life, wherever you may be and whatever station of life you're in, figure out what works for you Mm -hmm. and what constitutes self-care for you. It's not just a buzzword. It's something that can actually save lives and help people to flourish, especially in times like these.
1: So I want to say that Chavis, either you just... Either we're related or you just have a great last name <laughs> because everything that you said, I am definitely in harmony with, and I'll just say it the old school way. I was going to share, learn how to love yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's what There is. learning how to love oneself, how to take care of yourself because if you truly love yourself, then that love radiates, permeates, and emanates, and then you spread it to other people. And the way that we share love in this season, while we're amidst a global pandemic, is that we take necessary precaution we find those things within us. We find those things that appease us, those things that we can be soothed by. But using wisdom, using intelligence and smartness, knowing that we're amidst coronavirus pandemic, knowing that we have to be very cautious with what we do, where we go, and we need to socially distance and that we need to take care of ourselves first. And that's the way that we can save the world is learning how to self-care and how to love ourselves. And I think that we can preserve our lives if we tap into that formula. It's real simple.
0: Right. And um, one more thing that I would uh, suggest to everybody to think on is that if you're actually alive right now. That's that's the most important thing right there, is that in this time and season, you are still living and you are still breathing. So that's a blessing in itself, because again, like we've said, millions of people are no longer with us right now because of this pandemic. But if you're living and breathing, that's the reason right there to be, be thankful to be happy and that's just another reason for you to just live to just be positive about yourself you know I mean there are going to be days that you're going to be feeling you know down or whatever but again just think of the fact of what we've all said you know have your um your own self-care and just um De uh, plug from social media if social media is is giving you the blues with the whole with seeing death and all that stuff with the virus, de-plug from that read a book, listen to music, jog, exercise, you know. Deplug. you know, deactivate your social media if you need to for a week. Um, again, um, this time you're with your family and your household or whatever so, Start to get close with the people that's in your household, you know, um, movie time, movie nights, uh, game nights, you know, actually have dinner with each other, you know, but it's it's plenty of ways we can all just um, remain sane during this time. And again, I stress, and I think we've all stressed this enough to... Wear that mask, even if you go, on, like every time you go out, wear the mask, social distance, because it's now is not the time not to get lax because surges are going to come. More surges are going to come and, and you just have to be prepared and not only be protecting yourself, but you got to protect other people, your family members. So that is my two cents right there. <laughs> Any last words from everybody, anybody, before um, I go ahead and end our uh, session? Any last words?
2: Just got one quick thing. One quick thing. Okay. One out of every six. Say that again. Either one out of every six people that you know or associate with mm-hmm. know somebody that has COVID and knows somebody that has died of COVID. Mm
5: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: So just think about that one out of six Mm -hmm. and do the fact check on that one. One out of six.
4: Mm -hmm. You're right. And I just want to reiterate those three W's just to take us back to the basics, wear your mask, wash your hands and watch your distance. Yes. You do those three things. It goes a long way. And we yes. can kind of save off this virus to the extent we can if everyone does their part. So just yes. do your part and do those three things. We'll be a lot better off.
0: Yes. Yes. So let's make this go viral, everybody. <laughs> let's make this go viral. Let's share this, um, this good bit of knowledge that we all learned today. Because um, this is, again, very important that we all have to just abide by this, you know. Because, again, this is your life. You can't, um, can't take life for granted. You cannot take life for granted at all. But thank you guys for uh, coming on. Thank you so much.
5: Thank you. Uh,
0: I really appreciate you guys for uh, stopping by and being on my live chat. This is my first live ever. So I'm out. I'm signing out. See you.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Hey everybody, my name is Anthony and welcome back to my season two premiere on Mask Off Edition Part Three. I have with me uh Brandon Wood. Um what's up Brandon? What's going on with you?
7: Hey, how's everybody doing? Uh doing well, staying safe, staying inside.
0: Yes, yes, that is what we have to do right now. Just just stay safe. <laughs> with all this craziness with COVID going on. Brandon unfortunately couldn't be with us on our uh, live feed on uh, Friday, so I decided um, that we could have like a one-on-one uh, type interview with the questions that I did ask on our panel. And so he did agree, and I'm glad that you are here, Brandon, and he is a returning guest. I think I had you on what? think two shows, two, three episodes, I believe, something like that.
7: Something like that, close enough.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so welcome back.
7: <laughs> Thanks. Um,
0: but uh, we're going to get started. And I do want to ask this uh, to you, this question. So how are you coping with uh, COVID-19 um, during this uh, holiday season? I know... Thanksgiving just passed and Christmas is approaching. So um, how are you dealing with that as far as um, with being away like from your family and with the, um, I guess, uh, I don't know, isolation, as, as you could say?
7: I'm doing pretty well, Justin. Um, I didn't have any major adjustments to do to begin with. Okay. Just, um, just went to go see, spend time with my mom and have Thanksgiving dinner with her, and um, just call a few people, see how they're doing. Right, right. right. Outside of that, my schedule really didn't change. I actually went to go uh, feed the homeless, like, the weekend.
0: Oh nice.
7: So, oh, nice. You know, as long as people social distance, but more importantly, wear their mask and wash their hands, mm-hmm. they would be fine.
0: Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Um, I know for Thanksgiving, it was kind of, uh, I guess you could say, weird on my end, so to speak. Because uh, normally, every uh, year we go to my cousin's house for Thanksgiving, but this year it was just me and my stepfather. And um, I prepared a, a nice meal, uh the the kind of the traditional macaroni and cheese, uh some other casseroles, ham, turkey, etc. Uh, yeah. I kind of overcooked <laughs> because I, I was I was thinking in my head, I was like, Okay, I know it's just us two, but you know, it'll be good to have leftovers and everything like that, but and it was stuff that I was gonna like, you know, that I cooked and everything, but yeah, I kind of overcooked, and, and luckily my cousin called me. Um, it was like that Friday, Black um, mm-hmm. that, that Friday, and she was like, "Anthony, I, I saw the get meeting and I, I was wanting to come over." I said, "Yes, come over and get a plate, <laughs> get get like as much food as you want because I'm not going to be able to finish this all by myself."
7: <laughs> all right.
0: Yeah, um, and you know, looking at this whole situation with COVID and thinking of the general public um, and the social distancing and everything like that, I was looking at the news and how there was an increase in numbers and cases uh, with COVID because people were rushing, um, trying to uh, get home for Thanksgiving and everything that, because they, wanted to be with their families and everything. And um, do you think people, I guess, are feeling, um, I guess you could say they're COVID out. They're tired in a sense.
7: COVID fatigue? Yes. Yep, definitely. The point where people don't care anymore. like mm-hmm. yes. Whatever happens, happens.
0: Right. Because... Um, I mean, it's just I don't think people are just uh, they're not following the the rules with social distancing or anything like that, you know. And um, I was looking at the Christmas season. Do you think Christmas is going to get lit? Yeah.
7: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. But I mean, the vaccine is technically here, but, you know. Do you don't, expect
0: yeah, I, don't expect for. Yeah, I. I don't. When did they say it was going to roll out? I think. Um, I know. I think I was hearing on the news that one is not even. Uh, it's they were going to try and and get. Uh, I think was it the uh, the, F- the Pfizer vaccine? I think that one was they were going to try and release that one. Uh, within the next couple weeks, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but even with that, it's not going to be I guess, available to the mass public until uh, summer, late or late spring, early summer.
7: Yeah, we're looking at May next year to be better, a lot better. Yeah, a lot better.
0: Yeah, but it's just it's very interesting. Um, especially like, you know, during this holiday that people are just, they just want to see their, their families. and, And, um, I was looking at the news that there was this one particular, um, person was saying that, you know, they wanted to see their, uh, grandparents, their grandparents were elderly and, you know, they, they did the, uh, rapid testing, they want to go see their grandparents because they felt like um, that this could be the last time that their grandparents may be around for um, the, uh, the holidays. So what do you think about that?
7: Uh, makes, makes sense.
0: Makes sense. If you were in that position um, with an elderly uh, grandparent, would you go visit them or would you abide by um, these social distancing and let them and keep yourself separated from them?
7: I mean, I have elderly parents, so mm, um, I still want to go and it. But it makes better that people are doing like rapid testing and mm, stuff like that.
0: Yeah. yeah.
7: I mean, um, it helps a lot, but it's not like 100% secure because, you know, you can still catch it at any time. But um, again, if people are doing what they're supposed to, they wouldn't have that much of a big issue.
0: Exactly. exactly. So I have this question for you. So we've been talking about the vaccines and everything. There are several vaccines that are going through um, trials. And um, what are your thoughts about these vaccines and will you be taking a vaccine if given the uh opportunity
7: i won't take it unless it's necessary Mm -hmm. um i do understand the confusion Mm
5: -hmm.
7: and with with the vaccines Mm
0: -hmm.
7: and especially given the america's history right well i guess we could kind of say medical apartheid with um minority specifically african-american community being i guess subjects and uh-huh. uh, for scientific experiments you know with tuskegee experiment the history of that
5: mm.
7: and then also seeing um i guess i've been blessed to see it though know, from both perspectives during this certain experience mm. and it's been kind of challenging for me to meet have two ends meet where it's like my scientific background what my science background specifically in things like this Mm -hmm. that and the faith so for me it's like i don't agree with something unless the two meet so science and faith do meet right and so it's kind of like i have faith in something but i have to question if there's no science behind it Mm But then I have to say like when science, because I you know there's certain things that science can't show.
5: Mm-hmm.
7: And it's like science to take you up to a point that's like, boom, okay, now it's like faith. Right. So mm-hmm. this has been, I guess, also been a blessing in disguise, not only to have my myself and my family safe, but to see things like this, to see why people would be confused about things.
5: Mm-hmm
7: not trusting basically the governments or there's a large scientific community if things are not being explained thoroughly. Mm
5: -hmm.
7: And when things like we have that perspective, then if we do, oh, I have that misunderstanding, then there comes confusion and mistrust. Right. There's a spread of disinformation or misinformation and if, another big thing I would say is that the news helped perpetuate this and social media helped help perpetuate this fear or mistrust because certain information, a certain, uh, I guess when they want to the fact check, when they remove things or, you know, delete things from social media, it's kind of like the Barbara Streisand effect.
5: Yeah.
7: When you try to remove something, people tend to, look more, investigate more into what you were actually trying to hide. Right. Right. So then that creates more mistrust. But um, I know. just finding out, you know, this uh, the biggest thing for me was seeing that people were saying that the vaccine's going to change people's DNA and stuff like that. Then that's not true. But I can understand what people would think that. Right. right. But it's kind of like it's an mRNA vaccine. Right. And that's different from DNA.
5: Mm-hmm.
7: So a different process or, so, you know, changing DNA is different than MRNA. Right. So it's, it's, it's all that central dogma of biology and DNA replication and um, transcription, trans, trans translation process. So this is not, it's, it's it has nothing to do with changing human DNA. Right, right. Just trying to create the spike protein based on the the um the mRNA, or basically the genetic information from the the virus, and creating that certain protein. So your body creates the protein, and then creates an immune response. Right. It's not necessarily with it's not actually with changing DNA. It's something actually completely different.
0: Right. My father, um, he actually said uh, he was along the the same lines of view as as far as with people um, having this this misconception of the vaccine. And and, um, his advice was uh, people need to um, do their research. And by research, um, he was saying the best uh, place to do your research, one of the most trusted sites is the CDC.
7: Yeah, Uh, I would also suggest PubMed. Looking at um, I mean, I guess for the general population, yeah, PubMed. um, Looking for scholarly articles, Mm
0: -hmm. peer review,
7: scholarly peer review articles.
0: Right, right. Because you just you can't trust like you know these blogs and and that sort of thing because people can just create anything and you can't even really trust like Wikipedia because people can add stuff. But yeah, look at um the peer uh, scholarly uh, articles and the CDC and everything like that, and then find out information on uh, with yourself. And that will give you the, uh, the clarity with the vaccine. Um, My job actually sent out um, a text asking, and, and they said that we are not required um, to take the vaccine, but they want to know if um, we, for those that were interested in taking the vaccine, when it becomes available to uh, go ahead and let them know. Mm-hmm. So I was discussing with uh, some co-workers and um, I told them that you know, I'm Going to actually keep an open mind to the vaccine, mm-hmm. um, just for the fact of again, it's a lot of misconception about the vaccine, and it's more that you need to do your research because um, you know the, if if they get the vaccine, I know they they're generating this very quickly, but again. If doing your homework and, and we read exactly what is in this vaccine and um, researching, like who's done the trials and everything like that, that's going to help me make my decision. I'm just not going to uh, straight out reject it and say, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take the vaccine. I'm going to, you know, pass on it and wait until like months, months later, because, you know, it, it's it's just good to have an, an option, you know.
7: Yeah, and it's good that they're not just give, telling black people to line up and take it first. Right. Do so, you know as soon as that happens? Oh, oh, no.
0: Right. Um, I was actually uh, reading this article, and this was on um, this was on News Channel Three, in Huntington, uh, West Virginia, um there was a trial uh, that there, there was a, a double blind study and um, Mary uh, Smirro, I think that was her name. She had taken the uh, AstraZeneca uh, uh, vaccine as, as part of her trial. And it was reported that um, you would receive a uh, one shot on the first day and then your, the next shot that you'll receive is on day, uh, 36. And mm-hmm. she said that on day, um, I think it was day 10 or, um, no, a few days after, no, like the day after she got the uh, shot, she says she had a fever, hundred degrees, um, went to bed feeling, uh, It was flu-like, and she had taken uh, some ibuprofen, and she rested and everything like that. And she said pretty much on day 11, she felt back to her old uh, normal self. And so pretty much with that um, trial, what they did was with the vaccine, they received a uh, placebo filled with a uh, saline i think that's what they were saying okay and so um apparently uh so far it's worked for her but um she said that the side effects was the fever and everything and flu like symptoms that was like the day after
7: so, which is similar to a flu shot
0: mhm exactly exactly
7: hmm Um but very interesting times so.
0: though.
7: Very
5: interesting. Yeah.
7: <laughs> yeah. yeah like it made me pull out my biostatistics epidemiology. And now my bio book, like, I gotta read it like intensely now. <laughs> okay, oh, oh, like really, really oh, okay. Now this is like really happening. Okay, right. now I really can apply this stuff. <laughs> hey.
0: <laughs> right. Um Because it looks like, and and I've pulled this up, that um, it looks like, uh, is it Sinovac? They use one dose. Mm -hmm. And um, the whole uh, inactivated virus vaccine, um, it says it takes longer to make because the batches of the coronavirus must first be grown and then killed using a chemical or heat.
7: Yeah, I kind of like that. Me, personally, I kind of like that. It's more old school.
0: And then made into a vaccine that can be injected to elicit an immune uh, response. Mm -hmm. So, um, it looks like uh, Pfizer and uh, Moderna, they use the mRNA vaccine. Mm -hmm. That's the newest approach. What you were talking about using the... uh, um, that's the genetic uh, messenger mRNA. Um.
7: Yeah, what it does, it takes some um, um, RNA and translates it to protein.
0: Mm-hmm. And then it looks like. Uh,
7: so, again, nothing to do with DNA.
0: Right. And it looks like Nova Novavax. Um, I think that's how you say it. Nova?
3: Yep. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, they, uh, they have two doses, one and two doses. Oh, uh, Pfizer and uh, Moderna, they have two doses. Um, Cinebac uh, has one. But um, Novavax, they have uh, two doses. And protein is um, subunit vaccines just get little pieces of the target virus uh, circulating in the system for the immune system to uh, find and recognize.
7: Is it an attenuated version of the virus?
0: Let's see. It looks,
7: Basically a very weak version. I thought no, Novax yeah. uh, was doing that as well.
0: Yeah, it looks like it. Um, yeah, genetically engineered insect viruses are used to infect. Um, oh, they say instead of using the human body as the vaccine factory Genetically engineered insect viruses are used to infect moths whose cells then produce the pieces of coronavirus spike protein. These are harvested and made into a vaccine. Hey. Interesting.
7: Also means they're not using, um, aborted fetal cells.
0: Yeah. Yes. So, um, these, this is very interesting. And again, um, People I guess just again need to do their research on the vaccines mm-hmm. itself. And this was uh this was in uh CNN, mm-hmm. and they were just describing um the different uh the four main types of, of uh COVID nineteen vaccines in development.
7: Yeah. But I mean, I guess I can really understand the confusion, especially with like yeah. Uh news outlets being biased and inconsistent with things.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
7: And the lack of transparency.
0: Yeah.
7: Things have been politicized on both ends. Mhm. Yeah.
0: Yes, on both ends.
7: Mhm. So what else do you think would happen?
0: Exactly. It's just just a spread of fear, but hopefully again, um Soon we can begin to see uh, somewhat uh, normal as it used to be, (laughs) sort of speak. Yeah. Sort of speak. Um, So I have one final question for you. Um, And I asked this with, with the panel. With people going into, um, uh, I guess you can say, feeling just tired and, and, uh, with, with COVID and their feeling is still just uh, feelings of, of depression and anxiety and just frustration, what would you say to those people? What, what type of advice would you give them?
7: see god like i mean yeah. seriously at this point
0: <laughs> yeah yeah
7: now you are confronted with your own mortality and there's nothing that you can do about it
0: uh-huh. yes i would i would agree with that you pray seek seek god you read your bible and then you just listen to him just i would just be in your own um i would say get into your closet and be in a quiet place and it it may take some hours but just sit there and don't have any interruptions but just read the word and just listen for his voice
7: more more bible less news
0: mm-hmm.
7: the news is doing what it's supposed to do
0: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you my friend for uh being on this uh episode. Um I can't wait to definitely have you back for uh that upcoming um episode that I will have. And guys, I hope you uh heed our words with this episode. Um you will everything will be okay. For those that are struggling, everything will be okay. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. So don't give up. And as I said previously, um, as I was saying live, if you're still breathing, if you're still walking around, that's a that's a blessing right there. That's one reason to be happy. Because a lot of people did not make it to right now, to yep. didn't make it to... Thanksgiving, didn't make it to December, didn't make it to the past the summer or anything. So just be grateful, be thankful, be blessed because you still have a purpose in this world. So that is all I'm going (laughs) to say.
7: That's great.
0: Yes. Thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you guys enjoyed this week's uh, episode on part three of Mask Off Edition. Thank you to my guest, Pebbles, my dad, Travis Chavis, Brandon. Appreciate you guys uh, for coming on and for supporting me and my opener for season two. Thank you to all my listeners, to my subscribers. Make sure you guys uh, download this episode. Just not only listen to it, but download it so you can have it in your library. Share it as well. Um, I just wanted to leave off with this motivational uh, quote. It was actually by uh, Demi Lovato, Um, and and I think it's very relevant today as we're um, dealing with this pandemic. Uh, She said the advice that I give to somebody that's silently struggling is that you don't have to live that way. You don't have to struggle in silence. You can be unsilent. You can live well with a mental health condition as long as you open up to somebody about it because it's really important you share your experience with people so that you can get the help you need. So again, through, through this pandemic, if you guys are, again, struggling emotionally, mentally, talk to somebody. You got Zooms. Let's, let's get on the phone. Let's keep this communication going, okay? So this is what I need for all my listeners to do, all right? Y'all, stop what you're doing right now. If you watching TV, put it on mute and stand up. If you're in the kitchen, stop cutting those onions and, and stirring that food or whatever, casserole and whatnot. Stop. If you like driving or whatever, don't stop driving. <laughs> uh Don't get out your car. Just keep driving. <laughs> that way, because me are trying to have no accidents or nothing. But... I want you just to stop putting your dancing shoes right now because we about to have some fun. We about to brighten up our moods or whatever. All right. We're going to end like this on every episode. Okay. Because you know what? This is our time and we're going to end in a positive manner. All right. It's all about positivity. Okay. So I'm going to catch y'all next episode and peace out. Enjoy the song.